Here with us today is Dan Lego. Dan, tell us about yourself. Hey, I work at Stakes and Lattes. Uh, I'm currently a curator or assistant to the curator or lieutenant curator. I'm not sure what my title is right now. Um, I've been a game guru for. Yeah, I think that would be Jay. I, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I've been a game guru for quite a while there, probably about five years now. Hi, Dan. Hi. <laughs> David, hello. And hey, guys. Yeah, uh, I'm standing in for Jonathan for the next couple of weeks. Unfortunately, he was unable to be here for our recording session, so uh, you get me instead. So hi. We're talking about games inspired by H.P. Lovecraft today, yes. which is, whilst there are many, many bad ones out there, there are certainly some good ones, and when they're good, I love them. So, Yeah. to touch on the complete irrelevance of mankind in the face of the cosmic horrors that apparently exist in the universe. Did you get that from Wikipedia? Yeah, like 100%. Excellent. It's open in my phone right now. <laughs> it's not even wasn't October. It that was great. I like it. And Dan is here. Dan loves Lovecraft. That's true. Uh, it's been sort of a lifelong passion. Um, I really fell in love with Lovecraft back in high school and... I have sort of watched it slowly become a cultural trend, and it's it's weird for me, particularly. Yeah, so I, it seems to have been something that's been happening a lot recently, is this gradual increase of all things Cthulhu. I feel like particularly in board games, um, it seems to be a huge, huge thing. Although, <laughs> I have to admit, it's a total tangent, but I felt very, very sort of Cthulhu vibes coming out of the theme song introduction to Spectre, the latest Bond film. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, There's just yeah. all kinds of tentacles creeping around the screen and it was just like, oh, Cthulhu's in James Bond. <laughs> because why not? What is it about everything to do with Lovecraft that makes it so popular right now? I, the, the biggest thing has got to be it's out of copyright, right? Yeah, and I mean, I Dan and I were talking about it before we started recording. It is so strange to me that it's gotten so popular. I mean, if we look at other things that are out of copyright, that are um, like free to use, there's a word that we were talking, I forgot what the word is. Um, public domain? Public domain, yeah. All this other stuff that's in public domain. I mean, you look at things like Sherlock Holmes, that might be one of the bigger ones. There's Agreed. a lot of recent media that is Sherlock Holmesy. So while everything has, like people have always loved Sherlock Holmes, you know, in the past 10 years, there's been, you know, two or three Sherlock Holmes TV shows, like, you know, the Benedict Cumberbatch one and the mm-hmm. one of Johnny Lee Miller. There's been those Guy Ritchie movies with Robert Downey Jr. So, like, there is stuff that permeates people's, like, consciousness about Sherlock Holmes, but there really isn't anything like that about Lovecraft, you know? No, there there's, no... there's a couple of very good movies. Certainly, John Carpenter's The Thing, mm-hmm. um, In the Mouth of Madness, a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he had that whole era where he was uh, really pulling in the, the Lovecraftian stuff. So, mm-hmm. But again, it's still, it's, it's, it's stuff. It's not Lovecraft proper. No. Right? I mean, unless you knew about Lovecraft ahead of time, you wouldn't really look at something like The Thing and think... Wow, this is really making me, you know, contemplate my meaninglessness in the face of a universe full of things of tentacles, you know? <laughs> I think that's fair. The one I was, I was thinking of is um, the H.P. Lovecraft's Historical Society did a film of The Call of Cthulhu uh, in 2005. And The Call of Cthulhu is one of those things that I think has generally been considered to be unfilmable for the longest mm-hmm. time. So they did it by making it a black and white silent movie. 
Yeah. Which was That's such cool. a smart move. Now, some of the movies that are available were also discussed back when uh, the Snakes cast last touched on Cthulhu. And I will find the episode number while we're discussing. Um, so that's something to, to look into. But yeah, I think it's true. I think movies... It's, it's more inspired by in movies, isn't it? Rather than directly admitting almost to being yeah, and, in the Lovecraft universe. And video games, too. Like, with video games, there's just... It seems like so often there'll be a, a sci-fi game or a fantasy game, and there'll be some sort of old rich horror sealed beneath the planet, or you know, the Earth, or another dimension, um, and that's just become a trope that's used in pretty much everything, but directly was from Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the one video game that sticks out in my head would be Call of Cthulhu: The Dark Corners of the Earth. Um, which yeah, that's directly a Cthulhu. It's directly a Cthulhu. But if you're looking for Cthulhu or Lovecraftian in, uh, sort of atmosphere, I think that's one of the best ones. The I actually got into Lovecraft through that game because uh, there was a section that almost completely word for word replicated the escape from the shadow over Innsmouth. Which oh is yeah, one that's such Lovecraft a great, short story. Part. Beautiful story. And this game did it so so very well. Game's broken. You actually have to hack it to win. But yeah, that for the feeling, that's great. Mm-hmm. There's a new one on the way too. Uh, just announced. IDA, the Call of Cthulhu yeah. itself yeah. actually yeah. as a video game now this is true but, but we're a board game podcast we are a board game but the last <laughs> thing I want to touch on in terms of like why I think there haven't really been any like direct Cthulhu stuff recently is like you said David your point of it being like basically unfilmable mm. you know I mean Cthulhu deals is this like is supposed to be what like one hundreds of stories high you know it's supposed he's supposed to be ginormous and it's one of those things that like you can't you can't really do Lovecraft stories justice on film with like the budget that a lot of people have you know Mm. how are you going to kind of like art direct a monster that is the size of you know 47 but it's it's not just about love like it's not a lot of this is about Cthulhu Mm -hmm. but you know there's so much more in the mythos that I think is more interesting it's Cthulhu's always been at least when I was young and reading his stuff it was never the standout for me you know Mm. Yerlahotep was always like my favorite out of all the elder Mm -hmm. gods or you know hearing about Azathoth or any of that sort of stuff Uh, even like stories like The Color Out of Space which is completely unfilmable Mm -hmm. because how do you show a color that kills Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just we can't see or understand in our our tiny little human ape brains. And I think that the other thing is it's it's about the mentality of everything that's happening, really, isn't it? I mean, in half of these things, if you look at something, you go mad. Yeah. So I mean, how do you represent that on film without it becoming hammer horror? Yeah. And being laughable in some way, shape, or form, or even something like the music of Eric Zahn which is all about this beautiful violin music that this guy's playing, but how do you represent that violin music in a way that pays tribute to the weirdness and the insanity of what he's playing? Yeah. And that's that's even more, I think, what we're getting into now is we're going to talk about board games, which how do you replicate that sense of dread? Um, and that, the sense of madness, too. I mean, so much... The world being so much bigger. So much bigger and so confusing, and that sense of feeling yourself going insane. Yeah, there's a claustrophobia about the world that we've lost, I think, with 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 the amount of travel that goes on and all that sort of thing. It's so easy. I can reach out with a uh, a touch of a keyboard and talk to somebody in mm. the UK. It's so you... easy to understand things too, right. like not even just travel, but if I don't understand something, if something confuses me, I can look it up. Like you said, the touch of the keyboard can you can get in touch with people, you can get in touch with information that somebody would not have had, you know, when Lovecraft yeah. was writing stories. 
I think that's very true. And to paint a picture, the best way to, I think, replicate this in the modern era is to go out into the deep depths of a lake or an ocean and just swim out there and not know what's below you. Hmm. It's terrifying. That would it's be absolutely very, terrifying. very unnerving. And you're right. That that's is the, feeling the, the closest world. thing. Yeah. The whole world beneath you. What's there? Who knows? It's mysterious. Well, and I think this is one of the things that was touched on the last time Cthulhu was done on the Snakes cast, which I've now discovered, incidentally, if listeners, if you'd like to have a listen, that was in October of 2014, is how do you represent the horror? How do you bring something into the game that represents you going mad because you're delving too far into this? Mm-hmm. And I think there are a few games that touch on it. But does any of them really get it right? That's a question we'll start looking at on Wednesday, when we actually start talking about the board games that are inspired by H.P. Lovecraft. We will see you then. Bye. Toodles. Toodles.